We're continuing our sermon series during the stewardship season of Back to the Source, where we're thinking about ways that in next year and in the years to come, we can continue to connect to that source, the Holy Spirit of God, and do that through many ways, many gifts that God has given us, through worship, through prayer, through study, through service, and of course through giving. And today we're going to focus on the importance of studying God's Holy Word. So I invite you to to turn with me in your Bible if you have one, or you can listen to me as I read it, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verses 14 through 17. But before I read that to you, I invite you once again to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church, for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient and equipped for every good work. This is the word of the Lord. Thank Thank you. So when you grow up in a small church like I did, often your Sunday school teachers are members of your family. That was a good thing for me because I think it was members of my family who taught me to have a love for studying the Bible. One of my uh, Sunday school teachers, in fact, was my cousin Carol, who I called Aunt Carol because that's what we called everybody in my family, aunt or uncle. And Aunt Carol was one of my middle school Sunday school teachers, and she told me this story that got me really interested in the power of Holy Scripture. She told us a story about a time when she was a middle school student herself and her parents were trying to force her to come to church. She didn't want to go to church. It was a a youth event in the evening and she didn't want to go because most of her friends were not going to go. And so she decided that she was just not going to go no matter what her mother and her father told her to do. They put their foot down, she put her foot down and she marched up the stairs to her room and waited to see what would happen. Finally, she decided, I'm going to let God decide what I'm going to do here. And I'm just going to open the Bible, and I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to point to that Scripture. Whatever Scripture comes up on that page, I'm going to read it out loud, and I'm going to let that guide my decision in what I do. So sure enough, she went upstairs, she opened her Bible, she closed her eyes, pointed to whatever Scripture was on the page, and she looked and read the words, Honor your father and your mother. (laughs) She realized she needed to go to church. Turns out she said she did, and she had a a wonderful experience and made some new friends that night. And as you might imagine, when she told us that story, uh, when she was a middle schooler, I tried to do the same thing. I went home every time I had a little calamity, and I would pull out my Bible, I would close my eyes, and I'd point to a, a verse in the Bible, hoping that it would give me some direction, some clear expectation of what I was supposed to do, but it was never that clear for me. When I would do it, it would always say something like, Aaron beget Eleazar, or something like that. Never as clear as I wanted it to be. 
But that's really, we, as much as, as we know that that's not really how Scripture works, many of us would like for it to work that way. We would like to think that, that the Bible is just God's little instruction book for our life, that it's very clear steps on how to live our lives, what we need to do. And if we would just follow these basic, simple steps, that the Bible makes our lives clear and easy and, and good for us. But the truth of the matter is we know that the Bible is far more complicated than that. If we deep dive, like Vicki just told us to, if we have a, a deeper personal relationship with the Holy Scripture when we read it and study it every single day like God calls us to do, then we realize the Bible is a lot more complicated than just a list of, of rules or laws or, or precepts for us to live our life. But that's what we're called to do, to enter into what I like to call a dialogue or a conversation with God. In many ways, that's what Holy Scripture is. It is a dialogue between God and God's people. All throughout the centuries of God's people sharing to, to all of us what they believed about God and God responding in their own way and in God's own way what God believed about God's people and who God was calling them to be. And even now, if we want to be a part of that conversation, which is exactly what we are called to do as disciples, then we are called to study the Bible. Not just something that we pick up and use as a crutch when we need a quick answer, but something that we pick up every single day of our lives. Read and pour over and study just like Paul tells Timothy in the scripture that I read this morning. Paul and Timothy were, were colleagues. In fact, Timothy was sort of, Paul was sort of a mentor for Timothy if you read the, the book of Acts. And you'll see at times they traveled around together and at times they were apart. And, and when they were apart, Paul wrote letters to Timothy to encourage him in the work that he was doing. And Timothy, even though Timothy studied the Bible as much as anyone, Paul still reminded him, you need to study the Bible. Every single day, you study the Scripture. Use it for reproof. Use it for correction. Use it to hold yourself accountable and use it to hold other people accountable as well. Well, as we look at next year and we look at who we are called to be as Faith Presbyterian Church, I hope we will take those words from Paul to heart for ourselves. That each and every day, we will start to, to study the Bible more and more. To dive deeper into the Bible. To study it just as we're called to worship. Just as we're called to pray, like Trinity talked to us about last week. We're also called to study the Bible. To grow closer to the Holy Spirit. Because when we study the Bible, we are part of that ongoing dialogue between God and us. When we read the Bible, we are inspired by, by the Bible, by the words in the Bible, to, to reach out to God and to speak to God. We're also inspired to hear the words that God is saying to us. And maybe most importantly, when we read the Bible with other people, we are able to enter into a new dialogue of listening and sharing with others. Like I said, I have people all the time who come and ask me uh, different things like, Brad, what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about that? But the truth of the matter is, the Bible has all sorts of voices of people from different times and different places. And we get the chance, the privilege, to be a part of that dialogue from our own time, from our own space, from what we are experiencing here and now in the world just by reading and hearing how God spoke to people in the past and how God speaks to us now. 
One of the benefits, as I said, of reading the Bible is that it gives us words to use when we want to speak to God. Just like Trinity talked about last week when we were praying. People come to me and ask me all the time, Brad, I'm not a very good prayer. I don't know how to pray. My prayers are, are, are they're awkward and I just I don't feel like I'm very good at it. Can you give me any tips on how to pray to God? Well, the best tip that I can give you when you want to learn how to pray to God is read the Bible. For a couple of different reasons. Number one, when you read the Bible, you discover that there are a lot of awkward, ugly, goofy prayers in the Bible. Not just beautiful, proud, just whitewashed prayers, but there are, are deep prayers, hurtful prayers, angry prayers, awkward prayers, all sorts of prayers all throughout the Bible. Prayers from people from all walks of life, from every different situation in life. And you realize when you read these prayers, that even these awkward, hurt-filled, hurt passion-filled prayers are holy. They can be holy because they're open and honest with God. Some of you, I, I think I told you a couple of weeks ago, I was reading the, the, the biography of Eugene Peterson, the man who wrote the message, and he tells a little story in that book about a time where he went to his father's funeral, his father who had passed away. He was serving at a church in Maryland, but traveled all the way across the country to, to, uh, to his father's funeral. And of course, like any minister in any family, he was asked to, to do the eulogy for the service, and then the other minister who was there offered a few words of, of comfort or support. But after he offered the eulogy, this minister who he had never met came up to him and offered him just a few words, and he felt like they were just platitudes to him, things that he had heard many times before that didn't mean much to him. He felt like they were almost insensitive, not helpful at all, that, oh, he's in a better place, things like that. And Eugene leaned over to his daughter and he said, am I like that when I'm a pastor? And his daughter said, no, you know why? Because you know your congregation and you know all of those voices in the Bible. That in the Bible, there are not just passages like Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, but there are also passages like Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There are not just passages like the, the prophets who are calling us out to be better people, but there are also passages like the, the, the words of lament that are crying out to God, asking God, why has God forgotten us? There are passages all throughout the Bible naming and claiming the feelings, the pain, and the suffering, and the condition of life that we all go through as human beings. And all of those prayers give voice to our prayers just by reading Scripture and hearing the words that people have used to give their testimony to God in the past. It gives us words for our future. But just as God reading the Scripture gives us voice for our own prayers, it also helps us by inspiring us with the words of God that God speaks to us now. We not only hear words that we can share with God, but by reading Holy Scripture, I believe wholeheartedly that we hear God speaking to us each and every day. Holy Scripture allows us to do that. By reading Scripture and hearing how God has worked in the past, we can hear those words again speaking to us now in the present and in the future. In fact, just yesterday, Julianne and I went downtown to, to St. John's to hear a wonderful speaker, a man named uh, uh, Brian McLaurin, who's a wonderful Christian speaker and Christian author. And it was a wonderful time where he was sharing with us a little bit about the most recent book he had written. But he gave a little question and answer time, and somebody in the crowd asked the question, 
Does God still speak to us now the way God spoke to people in the past in the Bible? And this was his answer. He gave a very fancy Latin phrase that I wrote down because I want you to think I'm really smart. Here is the Latin phrase. The Latin phrase goes, quid quid recipitor admodium recipientus recipitor. And what that basically means is the message you receive often depends on the ears that are hearing it. The message that you receive often depends on the ears that are hearing it. Sometimes the words that we hear from the world around us depend on what situation we are in in our own life. What we believe about God, what we believe about our neighbor, and how we treat other people around us. And so even if God might be shouting out to us every single day, calling out our name, claiming us, trying to direct us and call us, if we don't have the ears to hear, as Jesus says in the Bible, we often don't hear it. But if we want to tune our ears to listen for God's Word in the midst of everything that's going on in the world, one of the ways we can do that, study the Bible. Read the Bible over and over again. One of the things Julianne, here's a little elementary example, one of the things Julianne and I have started doing is, is reading the daily office uh, in the morning before we get up and go to work. It's uh, a, from the Book of Common Prayer. It's a, uh, words of prayer, words of Scripture, and, and words of confession that we read with each other every day. Sometimes the words of prayer and Scripture are long and boring, and it's hard for me to get excited about the day when I know I'm going to be reading those things. But every now and then, some of the words that I read first thing in the morning stay with me all throughout the day. A few days back, we read the words of uh, 2 Corinthians that said, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. For whatever reason, those words stuck with me all throughout the day. As I was driving to work and worried about all the things that were going to overwhelm me for the, that day, I heard those words, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And I thought, well, maybe these things that are worrying me, that are causing me to feel weak, are ways that God will be strong. I came to work and I had lunch, actually, believe it or not, with someone who came to our church seeking help. He had been come several times before we knew him very well, and many times in the past I just thought, this guy is a, is a nuisance. Let's just see if we can help him and get him out the door. But today I heard those words, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And this man who was so vulnerable and weak with me, I thought, maybe I have something to learn from him. And then later that night when I was teaching my Bible study with Luke, I felt very unprepared. I had not prepared the way I needed to. I felt very weak walking into that class. But then I heard those words again. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And so I thought it was an opportunity for me to experience God not because I was prepared, but because I was unprepared, but because I was weak. And I did experience God through the, the voices of the other people in the room. How do we tune our ears to hear God speaking to us every single day? We certainly have a lot of other voices out there in the world trying to speak to us that we tune our ears to, whether it's the newspaper or the television or our social media. But how do we tune our, God, our ears to listen for God? We dive deep into the Scripture every single day and find ways to hear God speaking to us just as God spoke to people in the past. And when we hear that voice of God, then we know what we're called to do. Our calling is to share that voice of God with other people. Sharing the gospel. That's what we're called to do and who we're called to be. And we're called to do that 
in countless ways, not just with the people who believe the same things we do, who make us feel comfortable when we're studying, but with other people, people who are different than us, people who have different ideas than us, people who come from different places than us. Because believe it or not, when we have dialogue with those people who are different than us, God speaks through them and God speaks through us in ways that we've never encountered before. And if you really want to change the world, which I know so many of us want to do, we want to find justice in our community and justice in our world, one of the ways people have done that countless times throughout history is reading Scripture with people who are different than that. I'll give you an example. And at the end of this month, uh, we'll celebrate Reformation Sunday, October 31st, Halloween, in fact. It's the day that we remember Martin Luther nailed those reforms on the door, or, or that famous story about the, the beginning of the Protestant Reformation. But I'll tell you, I think Martin Luther did something five years later that was far more important than nailing those reforms to the door. You know what he did? He translated the Bible into German. Up until that time, the Bible was read, studied, and worship in Latin. And so the only people who could really hear and understand the Scripture were the priests who were up in front of the people or those wealthy people who had enough money to study Latin. All the common people just had to take my word for it. But now, when the Bible was translated into German, all the people could read the Scripture. All the people could hear God's voice. All the people could participate in that conversation of who God is and who God is calling us to be. That to me, as much as anything, fueled the Reformation because it let the common people see who Jesus Christ was with their own eyes by reading and studying the Scripture together. And those kind of things happen every day. You can't really understand who the least of these are until you sit down with a group of homeless men and study the Bible and hear what they think about the least of these. If you ever want to understand who Mary was during the Christmas story, go and sit down and read the Bible with a group of teenage mothers. If you want to understand what it's like to, to live in a world where people are truly loving their neighbor, then go to places and, and, and hear people who have been fighting with each other for centuries who find ways to build peace all because they have read those words of Scripture that Jesus tells us to, to hold fast to. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Some of you have already been doing that when you've been meeting with, uh, with our, our friends from Trinity United Presbyterian and doing a Bible study with them. And you have opportunities to do that all the time when we read the Bible and study the Bible and think about how this Bible gives us the opportunity to share our faith and listen to the faith of the people around us in the world. In 2022, I want us to make a pledge that we're going to try to do that more often. You may have gotten a pledge card from me in the mail in the past couple of weeks. And of course, all the, the financial stuff is on the front of that. But when you flip over to the back of that, you're going to see that there's other opportunities for you to make pledges there too. A pledge to how you're going to worship, pledge to how you're going to pray, pledge to how you're going to study, and pledge to how you're going to serve. And under that study part, I hope you will take seriously, how am I going to recommit myself next year to study the Bible in a new way? 
You can write down how many hours you want to spend in a month reading the Bible. Maybe you can write down different ways that you want to try to study the Bible. Trinity and I are going to take all of those things and we're going to find ways to create new small groups. We've already been talking about new retreats that we can have for members of our church. We want to find ways to recommit ourselves to studying the Bible every single day. Because in doing so, we dive deep. We dive deeper into that conversation, this ongoing conversation that began at the beginning of time, this ongoing conversation between God and God's people. We have a privilege of entering into that conversation, to learning who God is, and even more importantly, who we're called to be. So I hope you'll make the pledge next year to do that. I want to take a moment now and invite two members of our congregation, the Dobsons, to come forward and share a little bit with us about what Bible study has meant to them in the past year. Hey y'all, we are Kristen and Michael Dobson. We started coming to faith um, last November and became members in May. Um, so a couple months ago, Trinity reached out to me and suggested that I take the Disciple One class. Now if Trinity hadn't reached out to me, I never would have volunteered for this class. Unfortunately, um, my husband Michael joined me. Um, and so I was pretty nervous at first um, to discuss scripture with people I had never met. It had been ages since I had even opened a Bible. I only bought one um, earlier this year after joining the church. And even longer since I had discussed its content with anyone else. Probably not since my parents made me go to CCD in middle school every Wednesday. So I must further confess that I became even more nervous after attending our first class because many of our classmates are far more knowledgeable about scripture than I am. My nerves quickly went away when I realized how gracious everyone is and how helpful it is to discuss scripture with, with them. When I question, um, when I get bogged down into the details, my classmates help me to see the big picture. And when I question why God does certain things and says certain things that don't comport to the God we think of today, but reading the Old Testament, one of my classmates will wisely point out that the book of Genesis is a story of forgiveness, something I never would have considered in my first pass through it. Now, six weeks into the class, I look forward to every night reading the assigned Bible passages and writing my questions down to discuss with my classmates. I look forward to them helping me to make sense of it all and importantly helping me and importantly helping me to see God's grace that I might not otherwise have seen. The studying of scripture with our class is helping us to grow in our faith and understanding of the scriptures, but it's also helping us to connect us to the church and the church community. Hey, good morning. Um, I am here in this church, probably like many of y'all, because I am seeking to establish a relationship with God, to encounter God in my daily life. Um, and the power of scripture, as I've learned in our short six weeks, uh, is its ability to cause that encounter with God. Uh, previous in life, you know, I spent a lot of time going to church and did not spend a lot of time reading the Bible. 
And uh, while going to church is great, um, I kind of think of that time in my life, and I'm, I'm, I'm a lawyer, we're all victims of our experience. So I think of that time in life like when I was in law school and I'd come to class and like, you know, do a lecture, you get Socraticized, got to answer questions if I hadn't done the reading. Um, you know, I could get through, but it probably wasn't a great return on my time to go to a class if I hadn't done any of the reading for it. Um, and reading scripture, uh, to me, especially as a practicing lawyer, uh, I think of it a lot like, like reading statute. You know, if you want to practice law but you don't read the statute, you're not going to be very good at practicing law because the statute is our primary source to understanding uh, how things work. And scripture, similarly, is the primary source to understanding uh, how to live um, life in a way where, that, that God wants us to um, and to be happy. And so, um, you know, reading scripture has been a wonderful, wonderful exercise and has really helped uh, for me to better understand and, and to worship better and to, to just get a much better return on my time, frankly, um, for coming to church. So anyways, I really encourage anybody uh, who, who's come to church regularly to, to take just a few minutes. It doesn't take a lot of time, but you'll be amazed what you can get out of, of worship and out of your daily life just by taking time to read the Bible. So thank you all.